right, welcome to Viking 360. Mike Rubin joined by Brian Johnson, the voice of the Vikings. And uh, it is week four with uh, Ripley High School football. Uh, the Vikings take a record of one and two into this week's homecoming game against the Marietta Tigers. Not only is it homecoming, it's also the U.S. Army Game of the Week in West Virginia. It's the fifth meeting all time between the Tigers and the Vikings. And Brian, this one stands at two and two. And there's uh, definitely something to home field advantage in this one as the home team has won every time. Yeah, so I was going to say, Rube, it's crazy that uh, there's yet to be a road winner in this. And when you look at the scores over the previous four games, average out to less than two points differential uh, in scoring between the two teams. So it's been a really tight contest for the most part in uh, three of those four games. So expect nothing less here tonight. All right. Um, you had quite a game to broadcast last Friday night. That Lincoln County game was quite a thriller. And you're going to share uh, some of those highlights with us. Yeah, that was fun, Rube. It was really exciting uh, to uh, watch that unfold, watch the Vikings come back from uh, a halftime deficit. They snapped an 11-game losing streak in games that they trailed at halftime. Uh, and we're able to win that in dramatic fashion, thanks in large part to senior quarterback Ty Stevens. And you had a conversation with Ty. I did have a conversation with Ty, and uh, you know, I think he really needed that, uh, Rube. Uh, it's uh, been a rocky start to the season for him, and uh, you know, he's not only doing it on offense, but he's also playing some really solid defense as well. He had a couple tackles for loss, and. You know, we chatted uh, a little bit about how excited he was to get that victory and kind of get the uh, monkey off the back, so to speak. I had a conversation with uh, this week's uh, Viking Hall of Fame inductee, uh, Jim Schur. He was an outstanding uh, student athlete at Ripley High School, Came went to uh, Glenville State uh, and served as their punter uh, for four years. And then he came back and joined the coaching staff at Ripley. And... Uh, one of the unique things about Jim Schur is that uh, as a student athlete, he was here and he was responsible for helping uh, the Vikings fill the old stands. And then as a coach, he came back and helped them build the new bleachers at Ripley High. I thought it was a really neat interview, Rube. Uh, I'm glad you were able to catch up with him and do that. Uh, for guys like myself and, and people that have been around the program for a long time, a lot of us didn't know that history, and uh, it was it was really neat to hear that those stories from him, and uh, I think the listeners will enjoy that. The uh, junior varsity team, uh, they went down to Hamlin on Monday, and they tied uh, Lincoln County by the score of 6-6, six to six, and they will go to uh, Marietta this coming Monday. The middle school team, they picked up a win last night. Uh, they won down at Poca by the score of 22-6. to six. So they are now 2-1 and one on the season. Good bounce-back victory for them, Rube. Uh, and they just continue to churn out victories. Over the last several years, they've uh, done a great job at the middle school level, and it seems like they're off to a great start once again. And let's just take a look uh, around the Viking athletic program, starting with cross-country. Uh, the girls placed sixth in a uh, big uh, cross-country meet at uh, up in uh, Wood County last week, the Chick-fil-A Invitational. There were 18 teams there. Uh, Ripley placed sixth, 
And uh, Ellie Hossop looks, she's always up among the top uh, runners there. She placed third, and uh, that team will be running on Saturday over in uh, Belpre, Ohio. They're going to go uh, pretty much as Ellie goes, Rube, as it, uh, they've got some good runners uh, throughout that team. But Ellie obviously uh, is pulling the load there, and she's just fantastic. Good to see her healthy and back out there competing again. Well, as far as Lady Viking Volleyball goes, uh, the, uh, the Spike and Vikes, as I like to call them, they uh, managed to defeat both South Charleston and Mingo Central uh, this week. But uh, unfortunately, the winning streak is over as they were defeated on Thursday down at Charleston Catholic. I don't know how disappointed Brenda Moore is going to be with that loss, Rube. Uh, I think for them, uh, it was fun while it lasted, but I think maybe uh, a little uh, dose of reality coming back to earth a little bit might be good for this uh, crew as they uh, reach the midpoint part of the season and uh, kind of get the monkey off their back, so to speak, of, of the pressure of being undefeated and, and maybe free them up, Rube, and let them play even with a little more uh, freedom than they have to this point. And now let's turn to soccer. Uh, the Lady Viking team, they lost a tough game last night at home uh, to the Winfield Generals. They came up on the short end of a 2-1 to one score. Uh, the, the Viking team, uh, while they have had their struggles this year, that we definitely see improvement there in their two most recent games. Uh, they lost uh, two to one to uh, Sissonville, and then they tied Warren Local of Ohio one to one. So this team, I, I believe, is beginning to gel. And I know uh, you had a conversation uh, with Viking senior Jacob Banton. Yeah, trending in the right direction, Rube and uh, Jacob. Such a hard worker, and what a great kid. Had a great uh, visit with him uh, as he. Uh, is really projecting this team is going to get better. You could feel it in that interview. He felt like uh, maybe they've turned a corner. Uh, he's obviously a big part of that. He's a senior leader and captain uh, that uh, all the young players look to. And he knows they got some good young players, and I think they expect the wins to start piling up here in the second half of the season. All right, Viking fans, if you're ready, let's get started with episode 135. Friday night marked the ninth matchup between the Vikings and the Panthers all-time. The Blue and White held a 6-2 advantage in the series. Both teams entered Friday night's matchup 0-2 and in desperate need of a victory. Lincoln County scored first with 11.59 remaining in the first half when Isaiah Kuntz scored on this run. Action about to begin. Adkins under center. Second and goal. Hands it off to Kuntz. He walks into the end zone. Touchdown. Panthers, Jeff, you just can't give them that many opportunities that deep in your own territory and continue to be able to stop them. Good drive there by the Panthers. The two-point conversion was no good, and the Panthers held a 6 to nothing lead in the early stages of the second quarter. That score would hold until halftime. The Vikings would strike back midway through the third quarter when senior quarterback Ty Stevens connects with Virgil Myers on this 28-yard touchdown pass. Two for five on third down. This will be a fourth down. Stevens looking to throw, throws it into the second caught. Virgil Myers makes a fantastic adjustment, Jeff. The ball was thrown behind the defender. Virgil gets his head around, finds the football, hauls it in from 28 yards. Vikings are on the board. Vikings convert the two-point conversion attempt when Stevens finds Hunter Brown in the end zone 
to give the Vikings their first lead of the night, 8-6. They would increase that lead late in the third period when speedy running back Aiden D'Amico turns the corner and finds the end zone from 24 yards out. Stevens pitches near side. D'Amico, he has running room, gets the corner, 20, 15, 10, 5. House call. Aiden D'Amico, Vikings lead it by two scores. He gets on the corner, Brian, and there's not a player in a white jersey that can track him down as D'Amico hit that corner like a rocket, turned it upfield, and nobody could catch him. The two-point conversion attempt failed and the Vikings held an eight-point lead after three quarters of action at Memorial Stadium. Lincoln County, however, would not go away as they tied it up with nine minutes remaining with a four-yard touchdown run and the two-point conversion. The Viking defense came up big on Friday night with multiple stops. This time, with 55 seconds remaining, the Viking defense set up this punt return by Virgil Myers, took it 18 yards into the Lincoln County 38-yard line. That return put the Vikings in position to do this on the final play of the game. Here we go. 1.7 to go. Stevens in the pistol. Three receivers near side. Rolling near side. Looking to throw. Got it. Brown's got it. Touchdown Vikings. The losing streak ends. And Brian, that's the same play they ran on the two-point conversions. And once again, they are successful in finding Hunter Brown for the touchdown. Let them celebrate. The blue and white find their way into the win column for the first time in over a year. The last second score got the Vikings in the win column for the first time in 10 games and improving their record to 1-2 and two on the season and 7-2 and two all-time versus the Panthers. This Friday, it's homecoming at Memorial Stadium as the Vikings will host the Marietta Tigers as they look to exact some revenge from their loss at Don Drum Stadium last season. The WVU Medicine Jackson General Hospital countdown to kickoff will begin at 7 p.m. and kickoff set for 7.30. Join myself, Jeff Waywright, and Phil Iman for this week's action on C98 The Bull and streaming on Mountaintop Media. He helped orchestrate the Vikings' come-from-behind victory over Lincoln County in walk-off fashion. Here's senior quarterback Ty Stevens. All right, we welcome in Viking senior quarterback Ty Stevens. Ty, thanks for being with me, bud. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Ty, uh, fun game last week, man. Have, uh, have you put that in the rearview mirror yet? Uh, did you enjoy it last weekend, and now you're preparing for Marietta, I would assume? Yeah, I'm still reminiscing on it. But I'm starting to put it behind there, behind me, and now we're just going to look at Marietta now. Tell me where you were uh, a little bit less than a minute left in the game. I think 55, 56 seconds. Virgil gets the good kick or the punt return, gets you down inside uh, Lincoln County territory. You had not much time to work with. I think you had to go about 40 yards. You got your team into the end zone. Uh, as time expired, go through that with me and tell me where you were mentally when you first came out on the field, knew that you were kind of fighting clock, you were also fighting field position. Yeah, as soon as we went on the field, I knew that we, if we got a first down, we had to spike it no matter what because once you get a first down, the clock clock runs. So I said we got to spike it. We run a couple plays. Get out. I told the guys, I said, get out of bounds. If not, we're going to go spike it. And then once we had the pass interference call, which was a huge thing for us, that brought us down to about the eight or something like that. Then we ran the – 
we ran the hitch route with Virgil, and that I told him to sit down in a soft spot on the defense, and he did just that. I told the guys, I said, get up there to the line so we could spike it. And I already knew what play we were going to call as soon as I even knew it before Coach Sayer even called it. And then, I mean, just let the magic happen after that. You got it clocked with 1.7 seconds left. So great awareness by you and your teammates to get up there on the line, get set, and give you time to spike it and still give yourself an opportunity to get one playoff. Yeah, I was watching the clock as I saw Virgil catch it. I saw him catch it, and then I turned around, looked at the clock, and I said, clock, clock, clock. And we all just sprinted up there. I spiked it, looked over at the sideline, and I already knew what we was calling. How much fun was that when you saw that football go right into the hands of your teammate, Hunter Brown, game over. We win finally after a long losing streak. We get to celebrate a little bit. What was the locker room like? Uh, locker room was hype. It was just brotherhood is the only thing I can think of that. Like The whole team played the whole game. Everybody gave their hearts out that game. Really makes you want to continue to feel that more, right? Yeah, it does. Tonight, uh, Marietta, or this week rather, Marietta in town. Uh, they handed it to us last year up there, so this is a revenge game again. Uh, last week was as well. Uh, talk about what a win tonight would do for you guys as you move forward. As we next week will be the midway point of the regular season. Yeah, a win Friday night that'd just be something else because we lost all nine the rest of the nine games after Buckhannon last year. So the rest of this season's revenge tour is what I told the guys, and. With homecoming and all this, we should be fired up. We just got to stay locked in for the game. That's mainly it. What do we got to do? What's the one main key on offense you feel like we got to do to win tonight? For offense, we just got to manage the clock well, keep control of the ball, and then on defense, we just got to attack. That's the key word right there is attacking on offense. It's execute. Ty, thanks for the time. Best of luck this week. Thank you, Brian. The Vikings and the Marietta Tigers will square off in the U.S. Army High School Football Game of the Week in West Virginia. The man responsible for making this game happen is Staff Sergeant James Bullman. All right, welcome back to Ripley High School. I'm joined now by Staff Sergeant James Bullman. James, thanks for being with me, buddy. Yeah, not a problem, man. Thanks for being here. So this week, uh, the Vikings, it's homecoming, among other things, but the Vikings will be taking on the Marietta Tigers, and it will be the U.S. Army game of the week. Uh, kind of something that just popped here that uh, the fans are finding out about. Tell me a little bit about uh, what this is, obviously honoring the United States Army, and, and from me and, and Mike Rubin, thank you for your service, by the way. Uh, Thanks for the appreciation. But, uh, tell us a little bit about how this came about. Well, this is something that we do for all local schools permitting if we have the resources to do so. We, we try to get down here, show the schools that what the what the army is really all about it's not just you know serving your country as a whole it's also about serving your community and if if we can show more people what that is all about then then that's that's what we need to do they don't they don't need to just look at the army as as something is that just i'm i'm not entirely sure how to word it but they for them to look at the army as something to to better themselves in their community. Yeah, a career opportunity for a lot of people. My father was a was a, in the army uh, and was in Germany for a, a period of time. So I, I, from my perspective, I understand that and I appreciate that. And 
Uh, obviously, want to talk a little bit about the effect you've seen it have on young people over the years that you've been doing this. And obviously, that's the goal, uh, whether it gets them to come into the U.S. Army or gets them on a path that, that gets them in a positive direction in their life. That's certainly the goal that, that you're looking for, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Just to just to show most young people that that all young people that they're they're capable of more than what they think they are. Yeah. And if and if I can help one, I've done my job. That's all there is to it. Going to be sporting some pretty cool swag here tonight, uh, too. It looks like uh, Vikings are going to be wearing a jersey that will honor the United States Army. Yeah, we will be sporting the, the leadership. It's an acronym that we use. It's for the Army values. It is a white and gold jersey. It'll have their, their numbers on it. It'll say Army on the front. It's got a flag on their shoulders, and it'll say, you know, loyalty, duty, respect, the army values across the back with their numbers and everything they they look sharp man i wish i had one where are some of the areas that you do this uh across the state of west virginia i know a lot of local some of the local teams you and i were talking about before we jumped on here uh you're trying to do this around uh with their schools as well yeah so our station up there out of parkersburg our company headquarters is down there in huntington we try to do this for as many schools between here and huntington and gallipolis and and everything in between if we can do it we're going to. Staff Sergeant Bowman, thanks for your time. Thanks for what you're doing for the kids, and we appreciate your service. Yes, sir. Thanks for the time, buddy. I appreciate it. Graduating the class of 1962, Jim Schur was a standout in football, basketball, and track. He's a former Viking coach, and he's this week's Hall of Fame inductee. Our guest is Jim Schur, the this week's inductee into the Viking Football Hall of Fame, and Coach, you were involved with Viking football uh, in the early part of the decade of the 60s as a player and then the latter part of the 60s as a coach. And, man, the 60s, it was an exciting time to be around uh, Viking football. Uh, yes, it was. It was, um, you know, when I was in the ninth grade, we had a really pretty good football team. And then uh, at the end of our season, uh, you know, uh, Paul Lanham, who was coaching then, uh, moved Dick Rader and I up to varsity, and we were actually scrimmage uh, bait for them. We held the dummies. We got <laughs> ran over a couple of times, that's for sure. Yeah, and then uh, as a player, what are some of the highlights you re- you recall uh, during maybe your junior and senior years? What were, uh, Do you remember any highlights then, Coach? Um, well, I think it's been a long time ago, but... Uh, my junior senior year, you know, we always had a good football team, and I credit that to uh, all Coach Paul Lanham and Virgil Hop, and then Coach Hill and Coach McMillan came in. And, uh, you know, the brand of football that we had was, uh, you know, you had to be very tough. And I credit, you know, my, I guess, uh, my longevity playing for <laughs> those two coaches that uh, I was raised on a farm and uh, worked all my life. My grandmother had 69 race riding horses at Gold Town, and then my dad had 39 registered Herefords. So putting up hay uh, in the summer and the heat sort of helped me with that. But uh, I always looked up to my cousin, too, uh, Eugene Slater, uh, that played at Ripley and went to WU and was the best basketball player in the state when he was a senior. And then Kermit, his brother, um, I used to work out with those two guys out of Goldtown and run and 
trying to prepare myself physically to, for the beating I would get when I went in the Coach Hill's practices at Coach McMillan's. But the, the, the tradition that uh, was set there when I was a young guy back in that ninth grade and uh, then my junior and senior year, uh, we progressed and, uh, you know, we didn't have a bunch of guys on our football team, but we did have the guys we had were tough as pine knots because uh, most of the guys couldn't take the practice, you know, uh, quit. And uh, But it was really uh, built character and uh, I always respected uh, Coach Hill and Coach McMillan and uh, Reverend Hensley that uh, spoke to us there at the high school before our football games. And they always fed us there so we wouldn't have to go because most of us were farm boys. And which I think were pretty tough, and um, and I always look back on these glory years with uh, people I knew were playing and uh, the type of football that we had, the attitude that uh, you know the coaches set up of hard work and being very tough, and uh, so I always remember those early years and building my character. You know when I went on to college and then. You know, later on in my life after that. But uh, highlight-wise, you know, I I could go back and try to remember, but I don't think I have enough time uh, on this interview to, uh, you know, cover all the highlights. But, uh, you know, highlights were in wins, of course, but uh, also playing with uh, my friends and the coaches and uh, also the fans there at Ripley were very supportive and always look forward to that. Coach, let's talk about your college days a little bit. You went on to Glenville State, and there you gained quite a reputation for your ability to punt the football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, in high school, uh, I was not a very good punter because, you know, Coach Hupp showed me down to punt one day and fell in the mud. <laughs> and nobody ever really showed me how to punt a ball. So when Coach Hamlin got there, he gave me a book on a punter that uh, was down in Alabama to set records. I don't remember his name now, but uh, showed me the fundamentals of three-step punts and the position of your hands. So I read that, and, uh, you know, I played halfback, of course, played every game except two or three that I was hurt in, and uh, punted, and I'll, I'll give this one uh, Punt that really is probably that's reason probably still on the record book. Uh, we were playing Concord, that was our homecoming, and it was a real close game. And uh, back then, when I played, when you punted the three step punt and hold the angle of the ball, you know, I practiced like I try to practice at least 50 to 70 punts before practice every day. My, you know, my time in college, and so uh, it's con- we're playing Concord. And this big end on the left side would come in. He could hit me with his forearm in the hip gear a couple of times. And I got really pioed over because they didn't call it. They didn't call it penalties <laughs> back then. And uh, even if you hit the ball, you did still got hit. So I took an extra step to my right, and I that's where his head would be or where he's coming in. I was going try to kick him right in the chest. So but he dove on the side. <laughs> I missed him. I hit the ball, and it went. Uh, I heard about seventy yards <laughs> yes. uh, in in homecoming, and we tackled him on the one yard line and got a safety and beat him by two points. And uh, uh, yeah, I got player of the week in the conference, and 
and everything. And I never did tell uh, the coaches why. You know, <laughs> I was trying to kick the guy, but he kept hitting me in the head. <laughs> Coach, so I thought that was funny, but punting, uh, you know, uh, I averaged about 44 yards a punt, which is pretty good because you're behind the center 15 yards. Yes. And, uh, but I practiced that every day before practice. I'd always go down early if I could from the classes, and uh, the managers would throw the balls out and they'd go chasing for it. But my goal was putting from the 50 yard line and try to get more with the goal post. And, you know, my last probably year and a half, I got pretty good at it and everything. So, uh, but nobody ever showed me really how to punt my steps and hand position and the nose of the ball. So, you know, that helped me when Coach Hanlon gave me that book and I read it. And um, so it turned out okay, I guess. Coach, you came back uh, as a member of the Viking coaching staff. And not only did, were you building a football team, but you helped build the home bleachers. Tell us what that was like to coach the team and to, to try to get a stadium ready at about the same time. Well, you know, Ripley fans are very, very precious people because they support you, win or lose. And, of course, we won most of the time, but that was because we had good players and good community support. And the bleachers came up because, uh, you know, we had good football teams and basketball. Sporting was, was good, you know, sporting uh, Programs were good, and so uh, Gore Chancy, I believe, never him or not, was oh, yeah. president of the Sponsors Club, and also uh, uh, Mr. Brown, uh, that had the Exxon station there, was a booster that had, I think, a lot of financial support. So we kept talking, because you know it's a swampy area on that side, when the, you all had one side of the bleachers that was home and away, which didn't hold a lot of people, and we were getting more people in our games all the time. And so, uh, uh, before Chancy and um, uh, Mr. Brown got a hold of somebody down at Virginia Tech, and those bleachers actually came from down there. And um, we got them, and so we had that excavation. And so, uh, you know, Mr. Brown and our support boosters club got the financing to start draining that side of the field and then they brought all these metal bleachers in and so Gort Chancy told myself and Ernie Moore and Corky Griffith that he, they wanted us to work there and we keep our own time and uh, that way we can help get the bleachers set there. So uh, I think it was Frank Baldus uh, was a welder and he came out, they hired him and he came out and showed all three of us out to weld <laughs> which might have been a disaster. <laughs> but we <laughs> we tried our hand at welding on you know the new stadium, and uh, we felt that was a you know a good uh, first step in building uh, community support. And uh, you know where we have two sides, and we had more fans, and then they donated somebody out of Fairplane donated the press box, which is uh, you know an old uh, or new. Um, trailer that they put on top up there for the press box so you know we work you know with the community and you know and we're very pleased with cooperation we got from the town people and you know and then also we wanted to do that too to get a state playoff in Ripley which you know later on we did get a state playoff but that was our main goal was one to support for our team football teams and try and develop our kids a little bit better to have more opportunities because the kids are good Ripley and they're raised right and get family support so our main goal was really to do that first and then also have a state playoff there. Well that's fantastic coach congratulations on being inducted into the 
Viking Football Hall of Fame, and uh, that's fantastic. Well, it's, uh, I'm very honored and uh, very blessed to do this, but, you know, I give all my credit to the coaches I had, the teachers I had, and Ripley and the you know community support there, which, you know, developed my character at an early age, and uh, I carried that on through my life because, you know, I've been through, you know, a lot of deaths in my family and uh, my wife and my son and my mom and my dad my sister and so on, but I always remembered the spiritual background that the coaches started. You know, my family is always very religious, but with, you know, outstanding coaches of character and built, you know, that's what builds players into good human beings that will be giving to their community and their families. And so I always remember that. That's, uh, you know, I'm honored, you know, that that happened. Senior team captain of the Vikings soccer team is Jacob Banton. He says this young team is primed to turn things around during the second half of the season. All right, welcome back to Ripley High School as we welcome senior soccer player Jacob Banton to the podcast. Jacob, thanks for being with me, buddy. It's nice to be here. I don't see a reason not to. So. Hey, uh, tell me about this soccer team, man. You guys, uh, you guys have fought and battled hard. I've talked to to coach boys several times over the last few weeks just haven't been able to get the offense going man but uh, you guys are battling and defensively you seem like you give yourself a chance to win a lot of these uh, soccer games just uh, haven't the uh, ball haven't been going in the net enough for you I guess in simple terms yeah uh, our offense isn't we're still putting things together we're still getting things figured out as of right now we've got good defense our goalies he's a little bit new but our defense our back line makes up for it and our midfield can drop back in, in time. We just got to work on transitioning from winning the ball on the defense and pushing the whole, everybody forward, the whole field forward, and attacking with as many people as we can get. Best thing about that is, though, you really – it doesn't matter until sectional and regional time. I mean, you could go O for the year. It doesn't matter. You just have to be ready to play when sectional and regional time come around. It seems like you guys are kind of starting to build toward that as you reach the midway point of the season. Yeah, that's, that's kind of our whole – plan here uh we're trying to get in the normal play outside of sectional play we're trying to get our our strategy down we're trying to get the the synergy the chemistry we need to function properly as a team and score uh we're getting there warren yesterday was a i'd say gives a good omen i suppose um definitely not a bad thing that we've lost a lot of games in a row now and we tied a team that's pretty good so you uh, play a tough schedule, too. I mean, it's not like you're playing uh, Cupcake City. You're playing some of the better soccer teams across the state. Yeah, the, the teams we play, we play teams like Hurricane. We play teams like Point. Those teams, Point's double A, but they win. They won states for like three years in a row now, I think. Uh, Hurricane is always in states for, as a contender. G-Dub, we play G-Dub. I believe that's one of our four games next week. Yeah. We have no easy schedule. We've had it. I'd say four, maybe five games that we should have won by now. Teams are, are below us or on our level. Mm-hmm. But I think come sectional play, if we can get things figured out, we can play right up there with the, the teams that usually contend for states. What's it been like for you your senior year, your team captain? Uh, you're leaned on a lot with your experience, some of the younger players, uh, to kind of lead these guys and show them how it should be done and, and teaching them uh, the way Coach Boyce wants you guys uh, to run the program. What's it been like for you? Well, 
when I first became a captain, it was kind of iffy. I wasn't sure how to help people, how to get the, the freshmen to understand things and drills and just fundamentals of soccer. Like a lot, a big part of soccer is game awareness. You got to know like where your players are on the field and how to scan the field. So when you get the ball, uh, you don't panic. A lot of our freshmen are doing that right now. And every time they do, I, I just try and let them know, don't panic, find somebody. We need to communicate with each other, stuff like that. In practice, I've just been giving them as many tips as I can as they come, as they are relevant to whatever we're doing. Like we're scrimmaging our just the same as a game. Tell them to get their heads up, look around, find somebody on the field. What, what's your favorite part? Uh, you've been playing this sport for a long time. What's your favorite part of the game? I really just like I like the challenge. I like the pace of a game. A game running for 80 minutes is it's not an easy thing to do, but uh, it's just. The challenge in that, the knowing when to recover, knowing how to play, knowing fundamentals of soccer and learning that, that really has been the most fun for me. Soccer, a growing sport here at Ripley High School over the last couple of decades. What do you attribute that to? Uh, a lot of kids coming out to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, over the years we've won several games. We're getting a lot better, and uh, we've kind of become a bit of a force in West Virginia. Um, I'd say our program's been picked up with the youth programs. We've got a lot of FCR coach started uh, coach Victor Boyce. He started FCR, the the coach of the high school team. Um, we've got a lot of more travel teams around here that kids can be a part of and get the fundamentals down. And you'll find that the best players in the high school once they get to this level are those that have been playing travel since they were just a kid. What's your goal? Uh, the rest of the season continues for you as your senior year starts to wind down. What do you? What would you like to see happen? Well, I'd like to start winning games, if I'm being honest. It's not yeah. it's hard to to lose so many games in a row your senior year, but it's more about the, the fun of the game, actually doing what you like and enjoying it itself. So I'd say a goal for mine, definitely to get a good, nice, well put together game at some point. Jacob, thanks for the time. Best of luck the rest of the way. You're welcome. Remember, for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications.